0: Gentlemen, biatches of all ages, it's time to turn up your radios for the most entertaining and important podcast you've ever listened to in your entire life. No, I'm not talking about the Ralph Report. I'm talking about Bridget from the East Coast. I'm talking about Aaron from the West Coast. They are the Bicoastal coastal Ladies, the stage is yours. What do you got for us this week?
1: How the fuck are you today, Aaron? I am doing really good today. Thank you. How are you doing? I'm doing so much better. Life is much better than it was the last time we recorded. So that's um, good. Yeah. How's your thumb? My thumb is healing. The stitches are better. I had a tooth pull. That sucks. But I am on the mend and I'm feeling like my starting to feel like myself. So I'm happy. Awesome. Sort of. Awesome. All right. I chopped all my
2: hair off today, which you can see. Mm -hmm. Our listeners can't because this is, again, an audio show. So it's good that I always talk about visual things. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. Nice. I had a couple couple of our listeners reach out to me after my little... I don't know. Let's call it a tantrum last week about how no one buys me gifts. <laughs> um, so I want to thank Chris uh, and Farley who reached out to me. So I will be receiving my own sex toy. I'm very excited. We're going to have to get a review of that as well. Um, obviously, obviously, <laughs> I'll do really in-depth research on that one. Okay, Spent Better a good me. long time researching it. Okay. Um and but then Raul, sweet Raul. So first of all, he reached out to me and was like, Hey, sorry I haven't been calling in. I got this new MacBook. I'm working on Bridget's Bridget thing from Bridget jones's Diary. Yeah. And I know. I'm so excited for you. And oh, then he sent me a gift too. He sent me you know how much I love Harley Quinn. So he sent me the little Harley Quinn in like the red dress from the new The Suicide Squad <coughs> film. Oh cool. Yeah. So i uh, pretty excited to add a Funko Pop to my already much too large collection, but I love her. She's so cute because it's the little like ripped dress after she's all like, I'm going to fuck shit up. And I was like, all right,
1: cool. So
2: thank you to both of you. You've made me feel like an equal co-host.
1: Oh, good. I'm glad you're getting a few things from some of the people like goddamn nice. Christmas.
2: I was so <laughs> joyous because I found out about both things the same day. And I was so joyous that I was talking to uh, our friend Purtle, and I said, you know mm-hmm. what, dude, you should get a podcast. I have... Th- gotten now three presents. <laughs> it's amazing, right? And she was like, that's that's low standards. And I was like, no, you don't understand. People want to send Bridget sex toys like every day. But like <laughs> I'm just like, oh, I'm Joey. I shit my pants. Like what's <laughs> up? Like nothing exciting happens to me that makes someone go, I want to buy her something to fuck. Or I wanna buy her something to bring her joy. They're just like, oh
1: course that Aaron oh anyway yeah, no that's great I'm so happy I'm glad I'm yeah. glad you can still send us stuff though you know <laughs> you know what we should do maybe we should make ourselves Amazon wish lists because you can set it up so that they can't see your address my Amazon wish list is a weird place well I've got a bunch of Amazon wish lists you know for different people for different purposes <laughs> so, I did that
2: I did that for a while Mm -hmm. and then it just became like I just was hitting the heart and just dumping Mm -hmm. in the generic so uh, I have some wish lists like I have a very specific one that's about 18th century France (laughs) okay well it's something I like to read about because that was you know around the time of Marie Antoinette and then heading into the French Revolution Mm -hmm. and such but and that was an interesting period in fashion as well yes Uh, when we first sort of developed fashion icons however so, I have like a really spe- specific wish list like that. And then my other one is like, hey, look at this Phineas and Ferb toothbrush. And here's this <laughs> lenticular pencil pouch. And here's a thing to squeeze uh, with your butt to strengthen your pelvic wall. And here, like, I mean, it is very odd. <laughs> yeah. It's like the yeah. graveyard of things I didn't buy more than. Mm. Please buy it for me.
1: Well, I also do a lot of add to cart and then save for later after a while oh, when I'm God, ready to yeah. purchase. Yeah, that's insane. Uh,
2: so I don't know if this happens to you, but you know how it suggests products at the bottom of your cart. Oh at the end God. of that save for later mm-hmm. thing. I chase it down the page because I have so many things in my cart saved for later <laughs> that I'm like, oh my God, save that, And then it goes away. And then I scroll down. And it goes away. And eventually, like 17
1: hours later, I, I'm able to click on that link after all my scrolling. Oh, God. Yeah, well, I do that. And then, um, so I throw the save for later. But the other thing I get stuck on are those like stupid articles like on Facebook or Twitter about yeah. 37 things you need for working from home. And, you know, it's like, how many of these have I seen? How many times is this appearing in my fucking, you know, shopping cart in my save for later? Yeah. You know, so I'm still contemplating getting that little bicycle for under the desk, but I really don't have room for it. So I really need to stop with the shit. So.
2: I knew someone that had that and they said Mm -hmm. it's more about like just keeping circulation going it's not actually like Mm -hmm. particularly high right impact cardio or anything yeah it's there's no resistance to it so outside of just regular being moving all the time Mm -hmm. you're not getting a ton so then I
1: did not buy the one that was in my cart (laughs) okay I mean I could probably use some circulation help too but you know hey whatever
2: all right, Okay. Well, i uh I have some voicemails from some listeners. Woohoo um I as you know, as we were about to stop the podcast, I got sort of a shocking bit of news that mm-hmm. uh quite literally is news. It's in the news. It was an article published in the Los Angeles Times um so I don't know. I guess I could do that now. We'll just jump into that and <laughs> might we'll, as well yeah we'll the and then we'll lighten it
1: up a little.
2: We'll lighten it up. Well, it's about groping, and I think you had an interesting, fitting experience. So maybe I can find a way to make Mm -hmm. jokes. All right. Anyway, so long time ago, and I mean a long time because I'm Mm -hmm. 41, soon to be 42, (laughs) I guess. Jesus. Uh, In high school, our theater teacher had this handsome... Mm -hmm. but very handsy always giving us massages always like standing really close to us he'd come whisper in our ear sometimes um i i remember him asking me to please audition to be in noises off with him at the local community college to play the role of poppy Mm -hmm. um he was cast as the director i didn't know he was already cast as the director like it was just given to him which meant he was essentially asking a 17 year old girl to audition for a role. They got to kiss him on stage. Oh, how sweet of him. Yes. Um, But that I just chalked it up to, I was that attractive. I was so naive that I thought he was just flirting with me and that his wife didn't love him and he didn't care and nothing ever happened between us. And I never let it go past like just the too close massaging, but I took it as like, Well, I guess I am adorable. Mm -hmm. I didn't, I didn't realize because no one teaches you that stuff or did back then. That he was grooming us, Mm -hmm. and so a good friend of mine, Yara, I've known her. We are not as close as we were, but we were like besties in high school. We hung out a lot. Mm -hmm. I even knew like her family and stuff. And anyway, um, he sexually assaulted her one night she was at the drama teacher's home and Mm -hmm. while the drama teacher went to bed and they were watching movies he assaulted her on the couch and she laid there frozen in fear and she came forward to tell her story there's been a change in law that Mm -hmm. they opened a three window or three-year window for victims of youthful sex crimes Mm -hmm. to come forward and say something. And so she did. And so there's a trial moving forward with her and another young woman who wasn't named, but I, because I was friends with these people, I have an idea who it was and I'm so proud of them because I never thought to say anything because I was so insecure and I was already chubby in high school. So I was just pleased that someone thought I was attractive and I'm so proud of them. And, uh, yeah. So anyway, I literally found that out. My friend sent me the article and then I reached out to Yara and I, I just said, I'm, I'm so proud of you. So, uh, I think that's nice. I think it's, it's good to have a win in those situations because his, his wife knew what was going on mm. and just didn't care. And she invited this predator into school and got him, you know, uh, Basically able to be a substitute teacher at our school. He was always on campus all day long. Part of the suit, a few people brought up that he used to always be taking pictures. He did. He would like go around backstage and take pictures. And to be honest, a lot of times he was like in the green room and we'd be like changing or whatever. We weren't naked. Right, but you know, we'd be in like a camisole and maybe a little shorts, or because there's a lot of quick changing in theater, right? And you, theater, you don't think about that because you just think that you all understand because it's theater. So anyway, I don't want to darken the mood, but I was just so excited that this this creepy, gross man's being held accountable, and honestly, I hope his his wife suffers because she brought him into the world. Mm-hmm. of young girls and
1: introduced
2: him to like a mortgage board
1: yeah i mean like literally i think the only good thing that has happened because of the bill cosby harvey weinsteins of the world is the fact that they have made these adjustments to some to the laws making the window a little larger to be able to to uh file charges and that's fucking wonderful that they're doing that i mean it, it's absolutely amazing and you know you y- you said like you know you didn't realize at the time they were grooming. And I know like when we were younger, like we, you know, an older guy was interested in you and meant you were something special because, you know, why you had to be special if an older guy was interested in you. And I'm saying guy, but I'm sure that there were older women who probably did the same thing, you know? And as you get older, you realize that's fucking creepy and disgusting. You know, it's like, no, it's not okay. What fucking 30 year old man should have any interest in a 16 or 17 year old girl? It makes no sense. I wish I could say that, you know, he was the only person,
2: but there were other people throughout my life, um, even into like after I turned like 18 or 19 that were much too old and were being (laughs) uh, overly attentive. And and now I'm like, oh, was for gross reasons. And I just
1: thought they were like kindly old men. Mm hmm. So. I mean, I worked at a restaurant back when I was in high school, and this happened in my freshman year of college. This uh, customer of mine, and I won't say his name because that's just not appropriate, um, but like he, his children were older than me. And like one night we were driving. The cook needed a ride home. And so the customer, he's like, come with me. I'll you know, we'll drive him home. And like, he fucking makes a play for me, fucking kisses me. And I'm just like, oh, this is gross. Cause this is old man who's got children older than me. And he's like, I'll set you up as a, 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 I'll set you up an apartment. I'll pay for your school. I'll give you credit cards, all of this shit. And I'm like, you're fucking gross. This is just disgusting. But at the same time, there's that little bit because like, we weren't taught any better that, oh, an older guy is interested in you. You must be special. You know, and I joke about it now. I'm like, now I fucking wish I had the guy who was giving me right. offering all the, to pay all my bills and everything. But like, you know, what the fuck is wrong with this guy who was definitely, at least in his 50s, oh, sure. trying to make a, a move on an 18, 19 year old kid? Like, that's just fucking creepy as all hell. The
2: thing is, and you know, for those of our listeners that have never experienced this joy that we have both experienced, mm-hmm. they make you feel like you're smarter and more uh, sophisticated and more attractive. You Mm -hmm. understand them more than their wives or whatever. And, you know, those are all the things that insecure young developing minds want to hear. And, Mm -hmm. and so, I mean, I would say there were five to 10 of those type of people around me when I was between like 16 and 20 that were just horribly, gross selfish people and i'm uh, anyway it's yeah. it's it's unfortunate but i'm so glad that, that this one jerks being held accountable finally um that said and and since i said i was going to try to make a joke
0: mhm
2: um I used to work at Victoria's Secret where I had to routinely grope middle-aged women's boobs and you told me <laughs> that you just went to a new place to
1: get a bra and you wanted to talk about it. So Absolutely. Yes, yeah, so um I follow this woman on TikTok. Her name is Madison Alexandra. Yeah, Alexandra. And she I think she's like a lingerie model or whatever, but she's very chesty, but she's tiny at the same time. And one of her, her big shtick on TikTok is about making sure women are wearing the proper bra. And I've always heard for years the story, you know, that the that um, the, they're saying that like eight out of 10 women are wearing the wrong size bra. I knew I'm wearing, I know I've been wearing the wrong size bra because you just know, right? But like when you're larger and you go to stores to buy them, you're very limited in what you can get in your major department stores, your major chain stores. You know, if you can find a triple D, you're lucky usually, you know? So when they measure you in most places, what they'll do is they'll increase the band size to sort of fake it so you can get your your boobs into the cup size. Yeah. And, you know, it's just not the right thing. So I've been, you know, follow between following Madison and, you know, just knowing that I needed to do something is like it wasn't fitting right. And I was never very comfortable. Um, she had suggested this place in the city to go to to get a proper bra fitting. And I was getting ready to schedule an appointment when I get a, fo- I was on the phone with a friend of mine and she's like, oh, I just came from the store called Measure to Fit um, in Wappingers Falls in New York. And she, and I'm like, oh, what is it? And she's like, oh, well, I just picked up these bras. It's a place where they do the proper bra size. They carry the larger cup bras, all of this stuff. She's like, you can get swim bras there, all of this. I was like, really? I go, give me the information so i um went today and i had a proper bra fitting and i went from wearing what i thought was sort of right but not quite knowing it was wrong a 44 triple d i now apparently am 42 either double f or g in the european sizes big difference big fucking difference but the thing is is they went in like she doesn't, the, the woman didn't even pull out a tape measure. She's like, take off your shirt. Let me see what you you know, she asked before, you know, you take off your shirt. Thankfully, you know, there was a little conversation first and we were talking about, you know, she's like, you know, where, where are you having issues with, you know, your bra? And I told her, I said, I know I'm not wearing the right size. I know my uh, boobs are falling out. They're smushed. They're not comfortable. I say, I always have this gap with the strap and everything. She's like, okay, let's take your shirt off. And she takes a look around. She's like, oh yeah, you definitely needed to be here. She's like, Okay okay, hold on a second. And she comes back with a bunch of bras, never pulling a tape measure out to look at, to to measure me. She puts the first bra on, it fit fucking perfectly. Like the the underwire part was uh, aligned against the chest the way it's supposed to be. The band didn't feel like a problem. It was just perfect. Absolutely fucking perfect. Her name is Gail at Measure to Fit. And she had all different styles. Like she had these really pretty sexy bras. And then like the more conservative, and she asked me like, what type of bra am I looking for? And I said, well, you know, I want to get like one or two, maybe more like typical, like day-to-day type bras. And then I want something a little nicer. She pulled out this one bra. It was yellow with all these little daisies on it. And it was so cute. And it had matching panties. I didn't get that one though, because, um, the material, of the bra I could feel would be like a little irritating after a while, but it was so cute. And then there was this beautiful, like emerald green bra that was like a little sheer and it was like sexy, but like, not like you couldn't wear it. Like, you know, to go out to dinner on a date, not that I ever go out on dates or whatever, but like, you know, the idea is you could, right. And it was just so nice to walk into a place and be able to say, here's my size and have tons and tons of options, and not feeling like you're looking at your old fashioned like made, made in form bras that like your great grandmother used to wear, you know. Because I yeah. saw my great grandmother's bras. I don't want to wear those fucking bras, you know. But it was so nice. And then what they do at their store is they, as soon as you go in, you you have to go in for a, an actual fitting. Okay. And then they take all of your information and they put it into the computer. And then, like you know, they had they had me try on like different bras from different brands to find out which brand tend to fit better for me. Right. Okay. Which is nice. And, you know, and they gave you the information and then like what they do is they start a wish list. So if there's, you know, if you don't want to go buy the bra that day, they put it on the list that, Hey, this is one you liked. So you can even just call them up and say, Hey, remember that emerald green bra I love. Can you order it for me? You know? Ooh. And then like with even like that Daisy bra before I realized I didn't like the the material for like any like longer wear, there was something on the back, like where the hooks are, that was like irritating me and I all of a sudden I felt it I'm like oh it's the seam she's like okay hold on she's like take it off and she comes out and she does a little thing with a scissor or something like that and she softened up the edge and as soon as I put it back on that irritation was gone like those little things like that made a huge fucking difference it was just it was such an incredible experience and like I felt good. I felt comfortable, you know? So like I started this account and it's like, I walked out with three bras and um, don't get me wrong. I bought three bras and a lingerie bag. And like, she's like flat out. She's like, you can put your bras in the washing machine. Just don't do it in the dryer, you know? Yeah. And, but, and it cost me $200. But like, if you're buying a quality bra, when you are well endowed, you can't walk into Walmart and buy a $5 bra. It just doesn't work that way it doesn't. So, but like each of the bras ran between all of the bras that I looked at all ran between like 60 to $75. And you could tell that they were quality and that they're going to last if I take care of them properly. So I'm like, so excited. I have a bunch of bras on my wish list. I know the name of the brand that fit me well, which I think was Elomi. So now I'm going to be going on their website and checking them out. You know them.
2: My favorite bra that I brought with mm-hmm. us uh, in October—that's uh-huh. I kept saying I brought my good boob bra for certain mm-hmm. things. It's an elome. I love them, and I don't oh. mind paying you know fifty, sixty dollars for a bra because it always fits well, and it like here it almost like. Kind of has like a smoother. Oh, by the way, she's showing
1: her under, she's pointing to her armpit, basically. Sorry, guys.
2: (laughs) Uh, We're going to have to start doing like a monthly video thing on Patreon or something Mm -hmm. just so people can see all of the gesturing Mm -hmm. I normally do. Um, Anyway, yeah, no, I love Alomi. Such a good bra.
1: Hey, Alomi, sponsor us, send us free bras. So amazing. movies. So amazing. It was such a good feeling. And like, you know, what my friend was telling me who told me about this place in the first place, she's like, you know, I go like once or twice a year. She's like, and I buy like two or three bras. And it lasts, they last me forever. She's like, so it's just really updating to make sure I'm still wearing the proper size and everything. So I am thrilled with this. And why the fuck not? And now that, you know, I'm going to wear them a little, you know, a couple of times. And if I like them, I'll go back and buy some more. And maybe I'll get back that green emerald one that I didn't buy today.
2: Well, and you really like that store. But I will say, if you're ever around like Nordstrom's rack, Mm -hmm. they tend to have the Elomi bras. Uh, oh, okay. They also have some on Amazon. But I will say, I bought mm. one on Amazon one time that the cups were more for like a teardrop shaped boob okay. and a full boob. And so it fit a little weird. It was like flattening like mm. at the top of my boob in a weird way. Right. So I, I don't necessarily recommend the Amazon route unless you have that like wardrobe try it free thing. But right. But there are places to find them and sometimes they are on pretty good sales.
1: So yeah and what was nice about this woman gail was is like and she's like okay we're gonna teach you how to scoop your boob into your bra and so she shows me how to do it and i'm like and i do it she's like oh you know how to do this i'm like yeah i know how to fucking yeah. scoop my bra but like she's like i and just did she's it like, right well, now for those exactly. of you who can't see <laughs> But then she's like, well, how do you put your bra on? And she was telling me she teaches people like a lot of women come in and bring their teenage girls there to get like their first bras and stuff like oh. that. So they're treated properly. And like one of the things we were talking about, I was telling her about this experience I had years ago when I was a bridesmaid. I had to buy like some stupid, ridiculous bra because of course it's an open keyhole back with a loaf cut top. And you know, even though I had asked my friends to just, you know, the only the only thing I asked of her as a bridesmaid, my I don't care about the color. I don't care about anything else. Just let it be something where I can wear a real bra. And of course, it wasn't the color I fucking love, but. So I had a, you know, but like, I went into like one of those old lady bra shops and like, they're like, okay, put this on. And as I'm putting it on, they walk in and all of a sudden they're like, okay, hold on. And they're grabbing my tit and moving it around. And I'm like, yo, yo, are you going to fucking kiss me first or something? Take me out to dinner before you fucking groping me like this, you (laughs) know? Uh But like they were, you know, at the, at measure to fit, they were wonderful. They, you know, they, they watched you, they had to help you, you know? And it was funny because she's like, she brought in this one bra and it was really nice but it was completely sheer she's like okay well this one's going to be a little sheer so you can you know i'm going to see a little bit and then like i you know when i turned around to because she would stand behind me and help me with the back part when i turned around she's like okay no problem and i'm sure she realized like i didn't have much shame since she could see my nipple piercings through the bra So, that but, out. Oh my God. It was such a wonderful experience. Such a wonderful experience. I highly, highly recommend it to anybody. So, and she said they had maternity bras, everything. She's like, if you can put a boob in it, we take care of it.
2: All right. So
1: I was happy. That was my favorite part of today.
2: All right. Well, there you go. Ladies and gentlemen, there you go. So what's been going
1: on with you? What do you got going on?
2: Well so there's not much going on with me uh really I just been painting I finished my shoes I posted that picture of my shoes the other day I hand painted some shoes mm-hmm. i'm starting another pair of shoes because i actually don't those shoes were a little tight before i painted them and i didn't mm-hmm. think about trying them on as i continued to slather them with liquid mm. so <clears throat> i'm gonna see if they still like fit comfortably or if i'm gonna let them go to like a friend that wears a size nine but it's mm-hmm. like a slightly smaller nine um but anyway i have a pair of like an off-brand converts. So i'm gonna let oh, me nice. paint those up and do something cool. And and now that I've done it, I know I don't want to buy the shoe in the color I want it to be. I don't want to have to keep saturating the canvas with the paint. Because you have to, to, to paint canvas shoes to be waterproof and to flex mm-hmm. on your foot. Mm-hmm. You have to put this uh, medium in it that makes the paint more, like, flexible. Mm-hmm. And so then it waters down the color. So then you have to put more paint on the shoes. So anyway, uh, it was a lot of fun, and I did. In uh, I enjoyed the process, and and I I'm really in a place where I'm starting to feel pretty good about my artwork. Like, I'm not mad at myself. I've been delving back into projects. So like ZZ Todd, uh, I'm finally gonna finish his fucking logo we asked for <laughs> for his motorcycle club, and uh, I pulled out my uh stuff my digital stuff the other day and Mm -hmm. today when we're done my plans for the evening are to work on a commission that our friend colin um had asked for i'm no longer charging him any money for it i'm just (laughs) going to do it but uh and then i'm working on some little surprises for ian's girls as well so i'm just in. i'm in a pretty good place um good and that's that, but hey, speaking of Colin, we have some voicemails from our listeners, Colin Ooh. included. So let's let's jump into those, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, first up, because he's always first, is our favorite caller, Tally Mantod. Woo! So let's uh, let's take a listen to that.
0: Hello, ladies. So first, let me say what a hell of an episode 34 was with the reviews. Everything from blood, shit, dildos. It was one hell of an episode for guys to listen to, I'll tell you that much. I enjoyed it a lot. I love you ladies. You guys always seem to keep me entertained. But anyways, on to the tallies. So you were dickless this past... um, episode and it's kind of funny because you both don't have dick, so i guess that kind of makes sense right and then you had 37 fucks so i wanted to say that um yeah that road trip was a nightmare that day when matthew was talking we had already been driving a hell of a long day and shit hit the fan that night when we went into dallas we had his dog who's an ADA certified dog and the hotel denied us access to the room and pretty much we had to fucking go find another hotel room because uh, he was being a cocksucker and even though his website said that they accept service animals and I showed it to him he just played, uh, well I don't know what to tell you so we had to go stay at some shitty ass Motel 6 that smelled like asshole and cigarettes so yeah, that's kind of the night it just went on from there and on our way home we lost they lost our luggage with our ghost equipment but we found it so that was good but yeah ended up being 2100 miles in three days it was a fucking nightmare but all in all it was good because I got to spend time with Matthew and Victoria We made fun as much as we could through the whole road trip we had some crazy shit happen at Bloody Mary's Haunted Museum where I was able to use an SLS and capture some uh stick figures that weren't there, and actually had a wheelchair turn and move at me after I watched the guy lock the wheels, so there's no fucking way that thing should have moved, and it started rolling and turned towards me. And also had a little girl spirit grab my left hand because my left hand got cold. Yeah, it was fucking crazy. So that was fun, and there's some more ghost stories because I still haven't told you guys about Waverly Hills. And then we also do Whaley House. We're going to Yuma, Arizona to the Territorial Prison. Yeah, so I'm on our fucking roll right now with all this ghost hunting shit. And in May, I'm going to be coming up to Oregon. So Aaron, look out. Even though I know you've been talking to my wife and I think we're trying to figure out stuff to do when we come up there. But anyways, um, oh, and you guys were talking about Christian Slater and old school 80s movies. It was funny because of the fact that I actually, probably about a month ago, watched Gleaming the Cube. I don't know if you remember that movie where he was a skateboarder and his brother, who was uh, Vietnamese, uh, got killed for finding out they were doing some illegal shit. And it was all around Orange County so that you see him flying over Disneyland and just all the landmarks of Orange County, which was pretty funny. And then Tony Hawk skateboarding and driving a Pizza Hut truck. Yeah, some good shit. But anyways, this voicemail is way too fucking long, so I need to shut the fuck up. Anyways, I got my podcasting equipment with my microphone, so whenever you ladies are ready to have me on, let me know. We can get it done. With that being said, ladies, I love you both. This is Tallyman Todd out. See ya. All
2: right. Well, Todd, I have a lot of follow-ups to your voicemail. I was taking notes, and yes, it was a little long, but that's okay. We still love you. So here's, uh, here's what my first... <laughs> first question or statement this is just me making a joke you said that the the motel six smelled like asshole and cigarettes and i i said oh it sounds like one of my exes stayed there before you (laughs) um no that's cool about the ghost stuff um i know bridget is not as much of a believer as you and i are um (laughs) and the wheelchair thing let me tell you one time i filmed Strangely, I've filmed two things as costumer at the Linda Vista Hospital in LA, and it's one of the most haunted places. Um, and it's fucking creepy because it's like an old school like psych ward and and also like regular hospital. There's two buildings there, and I've filmed in the basement. And one time I used the bathroom there, and totally unrelated to actual real paranormal activity, they had filmed a horror movie, and I walked into the bathroom, and they hadn't cleaned it yet, and so there was, like, blood splatter on the wall, there were, like, pools of bloody liquids still on the floor, and I was like, I really have to take a piss, so I'm gonna go in this bathroom, (laughs) this is fucking creepy as fuck. Um, but in that location, late at night, totally by myself, and I was packing up the costumes. I had done a Newfound uh, Glory video there, and I was packing up the stuff the extras wore in the background, and I'm in the office of one of, like, the old, like, top-level administrators that's towards the front of the building. It's real nice, big, beautiful wood bookcases built in, and this chair just is, like, just going, like, across the room. <laughs> I went probably, like, three feet. And I was just like, this seems like a really great time to load the rest of the shit in the car. I'm just gonna go home. And I left. And I didn't have any ghost equipment or anything. And I was just like, that's cool. And everyone on the on the set for that video was, like, dirty punk rock kids, So, like, no one was, like, paying any attention to anything. And I was like, of <laughs> fucking course. I'm, like, one of the last people here by myself in this... Creepy as
1: fuck, old building. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Do you wanna Do you wanna rant about
2: ghosts
1: now? Or? No, I'm not gonna rant about ghosts. I'm not going to do that because it's. I, I, I'm just so fucking cynical about everything that I have a hard time with it. But at the same time, you know what is it? Ma- uh, brain fart here. Matter doesn't go wasted. I know that's not the right term, you know, right. but you, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Fucking menopause brain. I hate this shit. Um, but like, I know, like, you know, nothing goes to waste. Right. So like, right. There could be something I just don't know. And all I know is, is that, you know, science, uh, you know, 500 years ago, didn't believe in the atom and we know it now exists. So you just, we might not be ready for whatever it is that's out there and we attribute it to something else.
2: I, I think that to, uh, like anything, you mm-hmm. know, there are people that truly have some sort of like, I, I hate saying psychic. It has mm-hmm. such a negative connotation, but there are people that truly have like premonitions and stuff. And that yeah. they very often happen. Um, So I just think there's a lot we don't know about the capabilities of our own minds. And we certainly have no concept of knowing anything about the afterlife until it's too late to tell anyone. Right. So if there is something after, you know, death, and it is that we're, I mean, if literally right now, like, it's 100% possible that there's, like, a room full of dead dudes that used to live at this apartment just, like, jerking off at me. Yeah. I don't know because I can't see them. But I have seen things I can't explain over the course of my life. So I, I err on the side of believe or mm-hmm. believing in ghosts. But I would be just as open if someone said, oh, let me explain to you scientifically what you were seeing. Right. So, um, but I think it's fun to investigate anyway because you get sort of an, oh, it's spooky. Feel yeah, something. I also
1: don't like spooky. So that's part of the problem. Yeah, no, I know. I'm aware you yeah. don't like spooky. Yeah, but We also don't like the smell of sewer gas. So. No, we don't. But like the other part of it is, is like, you know, you talked about, you know, we, we only use, what is it like 10% of our brain? So 90% yeah. of it, it, you know, God only knows what's going on that we're not prepared for. And then there was like an episode of Doctor Who that took place in the 60s. Of course, I got to bring it back to Doctor Who and you should see Aaron practically rolling her eyes. No, but-
2: I think it's adorable. <laughs> that you have all these Doctor Who examples. I really have to get on the
1: bandwagon and just fucking watch. <laughs> (laughs) Um, So in the episode, though, they travel back in time to the 60s and there's these uh, two ghost hunters basically um, at a a, a known haunted house. And it turns out in the show that it was a time traveler from the future who got stuck in like this blip thing. And that's what was appearing as the ghost and was causing all these unexplained events. But of course, 1960s ghost hunters did not have the equipment that, you know, the doctors with his time, his TARDIS, you know, time and relative dimension in space had. So like, you know, the whole episode was about figuring it out. But again, that to me is like that scientific thing, like, you know, you can only understand what you're capable of understanding at any given time because you have to only have the tools available to you at that time. So for all we know is that cold hand that, you know, Todd felt could be the result of something else going on that at this point in time, we're not scientifically capable of understanding. So, right. yeah, so I'm open, but I tend to believe there's more scientific uh, understanding of it than anything. I get
2: I get that. Um and and again I think there's degrees of like what people sense feel or and and I think if you're someone that's like super open to like I love watching ghost shows, but at the same time I feel like a lot of the ghost shows I'm like, oh, it's a piece of dust, but you want it to be a light anomaly or it's you know there, there are things that happen on those shows that I'm like, you have to show us something because it's a television show. Mm-hmm. And what I will say is that I've been in some very haunted places in my life or supposedly haunted places. Mm-hmm. And the, some of them I have felt calm as a cucumber. And others, I get sort of this like panicked feeling. It almost mm-hmm. feels like when I'm starting to have an anxiety attack. But it's different right. because it's not... Nothing's happening with me to cause it. <laughs> right. And so I think there are, you know, even if it's just, you know, electromagnetic, uh, something happening somewhere, I think there are certain places that, you know, affect mm-hmm. other people different ways. Um, that said, I would hate fuck Zach Baggins so hard. I don't particularly care for that show, but I can't stop watching it. Cause he is a sexy fucking ghost hunter.
0: He's a mm. douche.
2: For sure on the show like he's like oh, come at me ghost you want to hurt these people you fucking or well he doesn't swear but he'll be like then you hurt me you use me and i'm like oh, you're yelling at those people but also like have a lot of sex with me because you're kind of hot and so i will watch ghost adventures but i don't like it
1: no he is sexy but i i get what you're saying and like you said you know they gotta do something because it's television right and, like, there is a sex educator on um, Twitter that I follow that I, I constantly promote her shit, uh, Sunny Megatron. And she had a show on Showtime, um, Sex with Sunny or something like that. And there, you know, and it was sort of like a real sex except for the aughts, you know, the early 2000s, I yeah. think it came out. And, um the stories and the the events that were happening were things that typically happened like th- these were like you know i think there was like one ep i think the one episode was um about like pee parties where people like to be peed on each other or something mm-hmm. like that. I think that was, I think that was what the, the, the thing it w- is that I'm thinking of. And what happened was is the people who enjoy this, who were supposed to be part of that, you know, uh, segment on the show chickened out at the last minute about being video to be put on a showtime show, you know? Yeah, so they sure. had to go get, they had to end up buying, uh, buying, they had to end up, you know, paying porn performers, to act in this segment, but it was about something that was true. You know, it was a true situation that happens. It's something, a legitimate uh, um, event, but they had to get porn people because the real people freaked out because they got scared. You know, they got, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, They had camera shy. There we go. So like, you know, so again, that could be your ghost hunters type of thing too. So,
2: well,
1: are you ready for this?
2: Uh oh. Well, because we're talking about we're talking about porn, mm-hmm. which made me think about our stealth drummer, our mystery mm. caller, and the mystery caller has called back, and so yes. I'm going to play that for us now. Yay!
0: By coastal beaches. It's your
2: mystery caller calling back to clarify that I was definitely on the phone with the person when I was stealth strumming in
0: front of
2: the doctor's office. And, um, yeah, there were lots of sexy words being exchanged and lots of fun sound effects being
0: transmitted on that phone call for, uh, Anyone else to hear, I suppose, if we had the proper surveillance equipment. Uh, any more questions?
1: I'm here for you. Love the show. Bye. So our strummer called back. Well, thank you very much for calling back today and answering my wonderful, my lovely questions. And oh my god, look at you, you, you dirty, dirty girl. I fucking love it. I love it. So All I'm going to say is if the mood ever strikes you again, please call us and tell us what happened. We want to hear all the dirty details. I mean,
2: I'm, I'm fascinated. So for sure, just keep filling us in every time you stealth strum, it'll be your own little special thing that you have. Not that we know who you are, but if we did, we would appreciate that Mm -hmm. greatly. Uh, Well, so then we just have one more voicemail left. Which is our friend of the show, Colin. So let me get that one queued up here and we'll take a listen.
0: Yay. Hello, ladies. It's Colin. I thought I'd leave a quick message to say your opinion on this um, work wank breaks, basically, and the masturbation pods.
2: I cannot think of anything worse. The ladies' ones might
0: be nice, But I've been in men's bathrooms and they're fucking grim. And I can just see spaff-covered walls if a bloke's been in there. Because they won't give a shit. Plus, would you want to go be seen going to the wank room?
2: I wouldn't. You know, talk about we know what you've been doing.
0: Anyway, I'll leave you to discuss. Bye
2: okay so the the workday wanking or the um secretary strumming i don't know what i didn't mean to minimize women i couldn't think of an s word for Mm -hmm. um called a bean break
1: yeah Ooh, i
2: like that bean break anyway um here's the thing i think we should really be normalizing the fact that people masturbate there shouldn't be this like embarrassing connotation behind it and also I wouldn't want to go in one of the men's pods and here's why when I was in WeHo one year for Halloween I had to pee really bad and I was in a corseted dress I had never been to a rent fair yet so I didn't know about rolling your skirt up and you basically turn it into like a little bun and you tuck it into your bodice Mm -hmm. and then you have nothing to touch the walls of the porta potty so (sighs) WeHo Porta potties. For those who don't know, WeHo is West Hollywood, and they have a giant, huge, lots of gay men, lots of drunk gay men, Halloween, basically, street parade, like everyone just walks down the street. It's not really an actual parade, but it, that's what it becomes. And um, there was so much cum on the walls of those porta potties. <sighs> I literally can never unsee it. So no. No, I don't want to walk into a men's wank, uh, workday wank pod because I'm sure there's come everywhere because it would be like a not my house jerk off. (laughs) And I don't, I don't want that. I don't want to touch that unless I made it happen.
1: Yeah, no, I I agree with you. We definitely need to normalize it. I don't give a fuck if anybody knows I'm going off to take care of business. You know, I'm going to go flick the bean. I'm going to flick the bean. I don't give a fuck. It's life. We all fucking do it. Anybody who says they don't is full of fucking shit. We all do it. I do get the idea of not wanting to go into a male pod because that would be fucking gross. Just fucking gross.
2: Maybe it could be, like, the toilets. They have those toilets in Europe on the streets where, like, you pay your, like, six... Not really. It's probably, like, $6 now. I haven't (laughs) been there in a little while. But you pay your money, um, and it opens up, and you go in. And then when you're done, the whole thing literally is, like, sprayed with this, like, sanitizing agent that, like, drips down the walls and then dries somehow. Maybe that's what the men's workday wank stations could be. They could have some sort of come cleaning technology
1: for the walls and the seats and everything in it that would be nice but but to be realistic i would fucking love that for the woman's bathroom at work just you know because they are fucking disgusting too
2: honestly considering these bathrooms in europe are like literally just like it would be the equivalent of if we had left like the lego store the harry potter store Mm -hmm. and there's just like a toilet there in manhattan that's mm-hmm. where they're just literally randomly in places right. in Europe, and they're so fucking clean. Like I'd rather go there than like a McDonald's
1: bathroom. Oh yeah. Oh god no. no. God no. Did I ever tell you the story about what happened at work about the meeting of, about the ladies' room? Yes. The shit that people kept getting and on the walls.
2: Yeah. yeah. spreading on I the don't walls.
1: I understand yeah. that at all. I still don't. But that I like, don't know you what you're t- doing. Yeah. So when you started telling that WeHo story, I was just, that's what I was imagining. The shit and the period blood all over the fucking walls in my bathroom at work. So that's why I'm like, I don't know about the women's room. Because if you get a good squirter, is she going to clean up after herself? Yeah. San- yeah. If you can sanitize it like that. Another episode of Doctor Who, they had to go, they were going into the hospital where the the, the nurses were cat nurses. <laughs> but when they walked into the hospital they got sprayed down so you know fucking take that spray and clean up all the bathrooms or the 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 pods for or masturbation and then I'll definitely in but I still wouldn't mind a masturbation break at work because it would just make life so much easier then again you would think I would do it while I'm working from home and I don't
2: yeah I just don't think about it that's the thing like I, I get
1: so engrossed in my job I probably wouldn't actually like it that's the sad part though the one time I might have was when this really hot guy came to the office and I had to pick (laughs) up a check from him and I was fucking on my game drooling and everything else to the point where like my boss walked past and with a couple of other bosses who knew me and they started cracking up watching me at work granted I then later found out because I did some you know Sherlock Holmes moves found out that not only did he live in my town Not only was he a fireman in my town, he was also engaged, but he was also a Navy SEAL back in the day who had been injured. So which just, of course, made him more attractive. But, you know, that's how I probably would have found that, you know, the, the pod to go take care of business.
2: I want to talk about different kind of taking care of business. Yes. As you know, I have been. Internet. Swiping, I can't even say dating because literally it's bleak. Mm -hmm. 41 on a dating app has become a bleak situation. However, I found some profiles I just want to talk about. I just Mm want to touch on these. So if any of our male listeners who are single have any of this shit on their profile, they cut that shit out immediately. Um, Because these are all people I only selected people that actively liked me. Mm -hmm. And uh, the first couple ones of these i literally like when i saw them i was like w- are these guys like the starter kit for meth like what <laughs> what is going on like literally like i one of the people that reached out to me was this like toothless fucking uh blurry photoed picture um i'm gonna show bridget but i i obviously can't shame this person Ooh. publicly. That's the blurry photo. I don't know why I didn't also save the, the toothless photo. Um and it just says I like cook. I am fun guy. I like going and having fun. I like 420. I like nine seven one. I like go out two three seven looking for a seven four three six girlfriend. And maybe more after that. So this uh, person just like jumbled numbers in their profile, which then later I realized some of those numbers, like the the spread out numbers are probably his phone number. But guess what? Your profile picture is so gross. Like I'm not jumping to texting you. If your main photo looks like you took your camera and waved it fast your face while you clicked the button. I mean, I mean, this would be the dating profile equivalent of what ha- what the pictures looked like of the people who died for- on the ring, where their face is, like, distorted. It, that's what he looks like. <laughs> he does. And I just don't understand. He might be actually sort of attractive, but it, mm-hmm. I, no one would know because every picture is blurry. And then the one is so blurry and his mouth is open, it looks like he doesn't have any teeth. So... Just a just a th- rule of thumb. Maybe don't don't do that because the the teeth thing and the boredom and the constant rain up here. We have a lot of meth happening yeah. in Oregon, so I jump to
1: that you have a meth problem, sir.
2: Sounds um, about right.
1: I'm glad you picked up on the phone number thing because I got the 420 reference. Well, yeah, I, I, was trying to f- I was trying to figure out what those other numbers meant. And I'm like, have I gotten to the point that I've really, like, I don't know anything anymore? So I'm glad you, because I was like, what's 971? I'm like, huh? Oh, you just um, gave out his phone number.
2: <laughs> I changed, no, because I knew what it was. Damn. I rotated some of the numbers. Okay. Sorry, guys. You can't text him. Damn. Um, This next one, and I'm going to... Uh, again, just describe this to you. This looks like someone took their dating profile picture um, by having a friend stand on the other side of a glory hole (laughs) and take the picture. Because it is like a black, shiny wall. Oh my god! And then, again, a relatively potentially toothless, very shallow-faced looking person staring down like their dick should be going in that hole any second.
1: Oh, it definitely looks like a glory hole picture.
2: And here's the profile. I am a mama's boy at heart. I have manners. I know how to treat a lady. Mm. In a glory hole? I, that's So that's that. Mm. Um, Moving right along. So again, don't post pictures of a glory hole. Try to have teeth. Don't look like you succumbed to the ring video. Um, those are the first three tips, okay, and then just the the last one here, and this was this this really if we did a citizen of the week, this would be our <laughs> our dating citizen of the week. um this person just like don't even know where to start. so this person is thirty seven okay. they have a face tattoo, but instead of it <laughs> being like a teardrop or a diamond, like most people have, they have about a one inch wide. Um, Marijuana, le- like a pot leaf, right on their face.
0: Mm. Oh, and God.
2: Um, here's this description. First of all, the title of the profile. These other ones didn't do the bolded title thing. Mm-hmm. This guy did the bolded title with the fancy name, which is 100 Mob. I don't know. So it says, Solid shit don't crumble. Been through it all and seen it twice. uh, was blessed to receive the wisdom and knowledge that comes with it. I'm one of them ones. Them ones you meet once in a lifetime. Looking for my angel. I just need the right one. God, please don't send me another one who's crazy and full of fake shit. Oh, my God. And he, by the way, he's in that pose, too. That Yeah, he's doing this, like, fucking, like, thug life thing. Also, guys, this is, like, the whitest motherfucker you've ever seen. Like, there's... He he is the opposite of looking thug life. And in fact, looks very poser hatsy. I don't know. I couldn't come up with another thing. But so that's the one picture. There's another picture of him with the same fucking pose. And then here's his posse. um, He's with like. Oh my
1: fucking God. Give me a fucking break. Three more
2: ridiculously white men dressed like uh black rappers from the 90s oh my it's gosh. just it's just unreal uh at, at every picture he's basically in that pose or um in a group of like just like shockingly inappropriately dressed white people um I'm going to show Bridget one more, and I'm sorry, guys. I wish I could... If 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 I found a way oh, give to... give
1: me a fucking break. Another one of these
2: assholes? <laughs> That's the same guy. I was fascinated oh. by his profile because it was just so ridiculous. I mean, he had, like, 20 pictures, and then uh, this one was a Facebook dating app, and mm-hmm. so Facebook has questions, like prompts to, like, help you along, to, like, meet your dream person, right. and it says... Sunday morning, the first thing I do when I wake up, and his answer was, push your legs back and stuff my face in your taco princess. And then here are the emojis that he used. He used smiling face tongue out, taco, the uh, like spitty moisture drop one, the buff arm curl, and the screaming cat. Oh my fucking God, so so. There's that. You guys want to know all the time, like why I'm still like super single. And quite honestly, it's um, that's just horrible.
1: How could you not be when you get those options? These are the people that actually
2: already like said, I want to go out with this person, and um, I'm just like, wow. I don't know if I'm just like way less hot than I feel like I am, or. That's just what dating is like in Portland. But guys, 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 here's the thing, sir. If that guy, I could have gotten past the like marijuana because it's fine. Whatever. Smoke them. If you got them, I don't give a fuck. If you can handle your, uh, this is a Kevin Smith stolen line. But if you can handle your high, great. If you can't handle your high, then fucking get help. But if you can, you do you. And if you want a little mar- and by a little I mean the size of a fucking quarter marijuana leaf on your face, fine. However, if your friends look like that, go ahead and hide them for, from me for a little bit because you got a better chance I'm gonna be like, well, maybe he's not douchey in person and go out with you. But if you put like 10 of your douchey friends on your, fa- on your fucking Facebook dating profile with you,
1: instant no. Yeah, no. See, I can't get past the marijuana leaf on the face because I'm not a fan of face tattoos and I like tattoos and I but like I could handle a little itty bitty thing. But like here comes my old fashioned lady coming out, you know, how are you going to get a fucking job if you got a fucking marijuana leaf on your fucking face? You know, I just I can't. I like it's just and then what if you change your mind? You know, but um, I can handle it on the body later on a lot better the rest of the body, but they this you 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 put the fucking tattoo on your face, and I just oh, I don't i and see, and this is where
2: we have our our little bit of an age difference because I understand it's probably harder for them to get a job, however, in this area tattoos are not as big of a deal and so there was a guy i was talking to for like a hot second that had actually um he had like a little bit of stuff kind of like around his hairline Mm -hmm. he had this like beautiful sort of asian motif and so if he shaved his head if he felt like it you had and there were some flowers, but it was done in that like antique tapestry vibe. It was one of the most striking Asian themed tattoos I've ever seen. And then he did have like a little teardrop because you have to. If you're going to face tattoo, you have to. And his hands were fully tattooed and stuff. And he's pretty hot, but he just wasn't exactly,
1: we didn't have a ton in common. The 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 tapestry tattoos and the koi fishes, I can I could handle that because I could see the artistry in it. But now you put a teardrop in that goes to my whole old school teardrop means you fucking killed somebody if it's filled in or attempted murder if it's an outline. So now I think you think you're a fucking thug life. So like this is, you know, the, again, teardrops problem pot leaf problem asian tapestry i can actually live with that because that's more artistry this other shit is just to get fucking attention so fuck that
2: um okay that was your mini rant you're done for today (laughs) uh no i'm just kidding well so anyway this is a good time to say goodbye for the episode yeah
1: sounds good to me all right so where can they find us (laughs) You can find us at Instagram at Bicoastal Biatches. We have our Facebook group, which is also Bicoastal Biatches. On Twitter, we're at Bicoastal B-I-O-T-C-1, or just search for the Bicoastal Biatches, and you'll find us. You can also email us at BicoastalBiatches at gmail.com. Don't forget, you can leave us a voicemail
2: on the Anchor app. And where can they find you, Erin? I am on Twitter and
1: Instagram as T-O-A-O Turtle. And I can be found at Brid- F.A. F isn't Frank, A is an Apple on Twitter and Instagram. So join the Bitch Brigade and don't forget to tell your friends about us. We'll keep talking if you'll keep listening. Bye. Bye. Here they are, just two bikers of girls living life in a podcaster world. We things really suck.